are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, so uh, I got some funny, a funny quick story to open with here. So my company that I just started working with that you commented last week about how like crazy it is there, um, a word kind of got around that um, I'm a bowler. Uh, they kind of understood or knew a little bit about that I was a, I was a bowler, but not in the, in the kind of how much of, you know, involved I was in the industry. So word got out about our podcast and that I ran a show. So um, anyway, um, I started doing a bowling. Uh, I started doing a trivia for the team once a month, kind of like a team building exercise. And uh, I put some bowling questions into the trivia to see how, how much really people knew about bowling. Easy questions, right? So in, I manage about 24 to 25 people. Um, I asked literally what was the what was a perfect score in the game of bowling? And I put 250, 275, 300, and 350. Mike, like 17 out of the 24 got it wrong. Okay. Then I asked what was the highest limit, weight limit of a bowling ball that you could use in standard competition. And like only like three people got it right out of like the 24. Um, so long story short, People are so interested, and it got me. It got me into a conversation about Halloween, right? Because um, a Halloween like email came out about how everyone should get dressed up this year. Whatever they're running a competition, it's a big, big money on the line. So people coming over be like, Rob, you should be Roy Munson from Kingpin, and then other someone's like, Oh well, we should all dress up as bowling pins, and you could be a bowling ball. And I said, like, Well. I had one person said to me, Rob, forget Kingpin, forget the Jesus. You should be that kid with the fro, with the loud pants. I said, my, you, my friend, are now my one of my favorite people to work for me because you actually know a bowler. But it just shows you what people who, and we always used to do the regular bowling, uh, regular people watching bowling skit. And, you know, I, I think we should bring that back and do that occasionally. Your CEO. We need your CEO. I know. You know, he's he's such a he's he's I can't even ask him. He's so. Yes, he can. Stop. <laughs> anyway, stop, so long. Sto- stop being long, a sissy and just ask him. Long story short, um, I just I, I'm getting the real like uh, brunt of it right now of all people that have no nothing, uh, know nothing about bowling. And. It's just interesting to like hear people's perspectives. And now that we're doing the podcast and we do all this like really deep dive into the industry and we, we do some research, uh, I, I, ask, I like to ask more questions about why they don't watch bowling and what their like perspective of bowling is. And it's just not good in general. So anyway, that was my quick little story. I thought it was kind of funny. So a couple comments uh, in response. What I gathered from that story is that Rob thinks that a good team building exercise is a quiz, is a is a trivia quiz. Yep. I give. I, uh, I, I, I don't hand know. Twenty five dollars. I hand out a twenty five dollar gift card for who wins. I mean, my other comment would be uh, that if you're going to be any bowler, I mean, we've discussed this before. 
you know, you kind of have the built-in look to be Belmo, right? Mm-hmm. So I I think it would be hilarious. Belmo, somebody tell Belmo, pay attention. Send Rob a shirt, all right? Send Rob one of your shirts. Rob, you have a storm ball, you know, go in, speak in an Australian accent all day. Maybe bring some Fosters with you, you know. Maybe get a little shrimp and a little barbecue on your desk so everybody knows you're Australian. You know, Vegemite. Maybe you can find Vegemite on uh, on on Amazon somewhere. That would be great. You know? Mike, so if, that would be my suggestion. Uh, you know, look, like I don't want to. I don't. I wouldn't go as a bowler, okay? If I'm gonna dress up, you know, I'm gonna go something completely like off the radar. But anyway, well, so Rick I have, I have kids. I have kids, and they get to decide what I am for Halloween. So uh, this year, I am Bowser. Oh, the, from from Mario. Mario, yes, I nice. I love it. Oh, you'd be a great Bowser. I thank I you. Mean, yeah, you perfect, and uh, that's amazing. And I, I imagine your daughters are going to be princess, right? Toadstool, and one is uh, one is uh, Princess Peach, and the other one's going to be Mario. Mario, that should be. I can't wait for pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks, quick. Rob, for basically saying I'm shaped like a turtle. Thank you. You are a big next dragon, I, though. Next time I see, dragon. I'm going to smack the shit out of you. Go ahead. <laughs> so real quick, before you get into your league recap, because I know everybody's in their edge of the seats to see how you did on your league. Um, Bill made a tweet saying that he actually he 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 made his SVSU graduation uh, his graduation his SVSU Hall of Fame speech, and I guess he made and he said something nice about me in the speech, which I find really hard to believe that he would actually even bring me up in in his SVSU Hall of Fame speech, but he did. So Mike, we need to get into the bottom of this, and I might have to reach out to my SVSU contacts and see if I can get a copy of that speech. Yes, I personally I need that speech, whether it's for podcast purposes or not. I need that speech. Uh, so yeah, reach out to your people and get that done, will you? Well, because it's rare because we know Bill and Bill saying anything nice publicly about his friends is very rare, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, probably. Nice, probably. Oh, uh, anyway. So all right. Rob, you know what the people are here for, man. They're here for my league recap. Okay? Oh, you know, I lose sleep over thinking. Oh about my how goodness. I'm- well, I was going to lose sleep if I didn't bowl 250 the last game. Can I say that? Oh, all right. So quick quick version because we've got a big PBA schedule to go through. Started out as a disaster. Okay. First, let me say this. There's problems in the house. Okay. I'll be the first one to say that the center that we're bowling in has some issues going on that are making it hard to produce a consistent environment for our league. Some of the issues are with the – uh, machine. I'm hearing the kegels on a back order for machines, parts problems, or so. That's that's what we're being told that they're waiting on a kegel machine because of parts. Right? The machine isn't working correctly. Employees at the center are hard to find, generally because they can't, they're having trouble staffing it. All these things are contributing to creating an inconsistent environment. Right? I'll say that. So it's tough. I mean, it's already tough when they're tough. But then when it's when they're tough and it's inconsistent and there's other inconsistent factors like the approaches and things of that nature, uh, it's tough, right? Now, I am of the belief that, hey, you go out, you bowl on what you're bowling on. You're bowling the team that you're bowling on that pair. You go bowl them, you bowl better, you win, et cetera, right? So, uh, you know, I'm not much to, like, let that affect me so much in my bowling. But, man, you could see it last night, though. 
I mean, there, there, there were, there were people who were in my ear, uh, telling me that the league sucks, the center sucks, it's a waste of time bowling here, you know. And I, I feel their frustration. The only thing I could say to them is, "Hey, well, you beat me the first game, so you always got that." Uh, I shot one thirty four the first game. Uh, you uh, three two eight tens and a miss spare. Three two eight tens and a miss spare is what led to that one thirty eight. I think I threw one strike. Uh, the whole game. Uh, I think I used at least two different bowling balls, probably three. So, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I know. I understand. I like his second game. Like, hey, look at, this, look at Casey's football. <laughs> second game. I, that must be him. That's hilarious. Yeah, right. Second game. Uh, much, m- much better spare shooting. Uh, not much better reaction. Not much better reaction. Uh, grind it out 178 or 176, I believe, something like that. So I had 307 after two. Okay. I was, uh, I was, uh, 307 after two. My team had lost the first two games. We were down in wood by 40 pins. I was down in my individual match by 93 pins after two games. Okay. Uh, actually, the move, Mark Buffa in the chat say you need to move left. I moved left after the first game. That didn't work out all that great. And then I moved back right with a stronger ball the third game. And, yeah, I just found it. I found it. And it, I'm t- it's amazing, man, because when you bowl on this tough stuff, if you're not doing the right thing and, and, and if you don't have the right ball in your hand and you're not playing the right part of the lane, they can almost seem impossible. I mean, it seems impossible to strike. Like, you you really have no idea what the ball is going to do. But then, once you get in the right spot of the lane with the right ball, and you see it, and you're like, oh, oh, there it, it is. Easy. Becomes then easy it becomes sudden, right? so much easier, man. 100%. It's like, oh, oh, okay, now I see it. Right. Now it's clear. Right. Once right. I saw it, front six, I will say I tripped a 210. I tripped a 210 in the middle of that string. Uh, front six. Eight, eight out. Your brother, your one brother thought it was a seven ten. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the love. Jeff's like, nah, it wasn't a split. I'll bet you he, he flagged a six ten. It was a flag six ten. Your brother's <laughs> too good. I said that on Twitter. Uh, flagged a six ten through the next four up to the first one, the tenth. Missed the second one in the tenth. Two fifty two, five sixty. Went from being low man on the pair after two to high man on the pair after three. Ran Damn. down, you went, yo! You ran, went from ashy to classy. I did. Ran down my <laughs> opponent down by ninety three. I ended up winning the match by twenty. Uh, we ended up winning the last game, winning totals for a five to four victory on the night. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I think I think I have a pretty clear idea of what I have to do going forward on this uh, on this pattern. So, hey man, that's awesome though. Bounce back, man. That's big. Um, you know, you could easily just after 300, just decide to pack it up and, you know, said, screw it and just kind of grind it out. Seven after two dog, you know, how frustrating that is. I mean, you you know, you know, of course, you know, well, I, I knew you couldn't throw, you couldn't throw the towel in because if you, you shut up here with another 430 or 440. Oh my God. I was, yo, I put so much pressure on myself by talking about my league bowling on this podcast. I'm saying people don't understand because, like, <laughs> I know I have to come on the next day and own up to whatever I shoot. And with 307 after two and no look, 
I was like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I'm going to shoot sub 450 on this again, and I'm going to have to go yeah. on the podcast tomorrow, and, and the hear, haters are going to be coming me, out. And all yeah, haters. I know, and you're going to you laugh what, at oh, me. And Oh, I laugh at you every week, but here, here's the thing is, uh, it, it, you know, you're holding yourself accountable, which a lot of people don't do on social media. Well, that's of, the oh, joke. That's yeah, the joke. You do is, people get the, I hope people get the joke. Well, all you do is hear about all the, the, you know, the weddings, as you know, my mom would always say, but you never hear about the funerals, right? Like you hear about the weddings, you hear about all the 300s, the 800s, you know, this ball is the best ball in, the, in my bag. I shot 780, but if they shoot 450 or 500, dude, you don't hear anything out of them. You, on the other hand, every week we come on the show and we say, Mike, how'd you bowl? And you can't escape it unless, you know, some other person comes on the show and doesn't, you know pretends to be in a league bowler with some sunglasses or a hat or whatever it is, Don't which know you, you know that. nothing about. But all I'm saying is, yes, like there is pressure on you because you have to face, you have to face the jury. Right. And like, so yo man, it's good. It's a good practice for you mentally. Like at least to get you like to at least try to calm down and not putting so much pressure on yourself, but man, good finish dude. Seriously. Yeah. I, uh, I also want to say shout to my teammate, uh, Paulie, uh, he was taking credit for telling me to move right the third game. Uh, so I'll, I'll let him take the credit for that. He got me lined up, and uh, things became a lot easier. Uh, your brother commenting, uh, saying that for someone who has college bowling experience, seems like you can't line up right. Start right with surface, Poppy. Okay, I, I, I hear you, but <laughs> on this pattern, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't think you need all that much, uh, all that much surface, you know? So yeah. I appreciate the comments here. Billy Sell uh, says, what up, guys? Uh, college yeah, bowling legend, Billy always, Sell, welcome. Always, always chasing worst of the week, Billy Sell. He's like the movie Twister. Yo, Billy Sell is always, always searching for worst of the week and hit me up being like, yo, you got to check this out, um, which is hilarious because a lot of people All right, do that. Anyway, Rob, we so, don't want to keep the people waiting too long tonight. I've been talking all kinds of smack. Oh, oh let's just let me say 560, all right? Respectable 560. Respectable. Okay? Anybody who wants to talk about me, if you're local, come down to Hazlitt. I'll get the pattern put out and you can bowl me on it. All right? Come down. If you think 560 is bad and you want to you chop it up, come down. We'll chop it up all day. Uh, so, Rob, I've been talking smack online all week. Me and you well, have been P talking. You, me and you P have been talking behind the scenes all week. The PBA hasn't put out their schedule yet. But don't worry, people. Don't worry, okay? Because we all know the real dream team is right here on Sweep the Rack. Coley, if you're listening, you want to hire your two people for the, your full-time marketing dream team? You want the real dream team? I mean, the 1992 dream team? You're dealing with the 2008 dream team, okay? This is the, 92, the, the baby. The Barkley, Jordan, Magic dream team? This is 92, man. Let's say 2012 or 2016 dream team, okay? This is the real deal. We're blowing out Greece by 70 points, kid. Anyway, we have the schedule, right? PBA schedule, not the real schedule. Let's just put the disclaimer out there, okay? We don't no, need that not. smoke. Total speculation over here. Total we speculation. Do I'm sure there's probably mistakes in my schedule. So, you know, please, if this is just – first off, though, I do need to say this. Anybody has ever sat down and looked at all the PBA tournaments, and we did it based off of – 2021's right tournaments right of what was held 2021. Yeah, so we we took the whole 2021 schedule, laid it all out with either 
total prize funds or first place prizes. And then you and I basically got to do whatever we wanted with the schedule pretty much, right, in terms of yep. – uh, adding events, Location, eliminating money. events, locations, money, prize funds, things of that nature. So uh, you and I both took some time this week to sit down and devise our own uh, PBA schedule. You know, we talked a little bit, a little bit about it last night. Um, you know, and and obviously we didn't we didn't tell each other what our schedules are. We were going to save it for the show, but uh, I think both of us are interested to compare them and then to hear from. The, the people, uh, you know, what they think of our schedule ideas versus what the PBA has uh, traditionally been coming out with uh, year by year the last few years. Yes? Yes. And All right, here's so, the thing is, well, the disclaimer prior is people have to do this and sit down for themselves and do it and realize actually how hard it is. Okay? Because I found it extremely hard because of the fact that a lot of the a lot of tournaments they ran last year – were either great big major tournaments or they were these little like one day marathon type events. There weren't really a stereotypical PBA tour like tournament, right? Like the AC Delco classic, right? Well, like, you're it's not you're, like you're old school on that, right? I mean, when you say when you say traditional PBA tournament, you're talking like the 90s, which is 30 yeah. years ago at this point. Yeah, no, so, I'm talking like just regular, like a regular uh, PBA event. Okay, that's yeah, not Yeah, you amazing. can't, that's what I'm saying. You can't say that anymore because a regular PBA event today is what it is. It's been this way for 10 years now. Yeah, you know? but it's a regular turn. It's a regular, like I'm talking just a regular sponsored event. A okay? regular title, a, you're saying. Title, right, right. It's All right, well, I mean, a one day. Doesn't Marathon. the World Series of Bowling Pattern tournaments yes. transfer over to that? Yeah, it does. But it's a but one they're day... too sprinty for you. They're too sprinty for me. Those, mm. those events. Yeah, I feel okay. I feel like those are regional type tournaments they're making into national titles. All right. So, do you want to present first, or do you want me to present first? I'm going to throw it to you. How, whatever okay. you want to do. All right. So, uh, obviously, we're both going to present this in our own way. You know, we didn't really discuss like how you wanted to do it. Um, I want to give the people some thoughts behind what I did and, and, and some of the decisions that I made. So you're going to see that my schedule is, I didn't really add any events. Okay. The, in fact, I trimmed a few events. So on my schedule, there would actually be less events than there were in the 2021 PBA tour schedule, but a lot of the events will have more money in them. And that was important to me. Okay. So that was one thought. A second thought that I had was that I wanted to try, if, if, if I'm in charge of the PBA, what I would try and do is I would try and isolate a section of the year. You know, we've talked about this on the show before. Like every sport has a section of the year that they try and control and dominate. You know, like the NFL rules from September to, to February through February. Right. And, you know, basketball is rather popular when you get to June and it's the NBA finals. And then baseball becomes more popular in October and November when the playoffs are going on in the World Series. So I had that in mind as I was creating this schedule, too. And to me, the, the best block of time that I could come up with that Boeing would be able to really make a run at being in the spotlight and kind of owning that section of time would be from basically 
mid-May, the middle of May, all the way through the end of August. Okay, you're going to see that my schedule is pretty continuous. There's a couple by, there's a couple two-week events that I have in here. There's a week off at some point, but it's pretty continuous from the middle of May all the way until the end of August, and I, I packed a lot of events in there. So that was another thought that I had. It, again, on top of that, I also, Rob, thought a lot about the international fields that are part of the PBA today because that's a huge factor. A lot of these guys are traveling from overseas and – you know, like the traditional quote-unquote way of doing things that you spoke about earlier, I don't know if that would work anymore. I think that, in my in my opinion, doing it that way might lead to weaker fields in a lot of the events because these guys aren't going to be able to go back and forth, so they're going to pick and choose. With my schedule, one of my goals was to get everybody over here and keep them here so that they're here bowling all these events. And if they choose to take off a week or two to go do something, you know, personal, that's up to them. But uh, especially in this pandemic environment and who knows how long this is going to last, I think that uh, you want to get them over here and you want to you want to try and keep them here. OK, so you'll see some of those things in my schedule. Uh, I have some I have some arguments towards that, but I'll wait till you finish. OK, all right. So the, the, the shows in my schedule I imagine them being on Thursdays, okay? Being like those, so like the PBA week would run that week, all right? And here's here's what I have for my schedule, okay? Uh, Mid-May, like the week of 514, all right, is kind of what I looked at as a particular date. Uh, we would start off with the Players' Championship. That would be a $100,000 first prize. So you're going right, major let, right off the bat. Yeah, major right off the bat. Players' championship right off the bat. I kind of like the format that they used last year. If you want to lead up to that with the multiple shows, I'm okay with that. I took 150000 from the prize fund just because I wanted to spread it around. Oh, I also eliminated the king and queen of bowling, the super slam, the tour, and the tour finals. I eliminated those three events. So you're not going to hear them, and I took that money and spread it around. Okay, that gave me about – how much money did that give me? It gave me well, Super Slam was two fifty k. Tour final, yeah, it was, was like four hundred five eighty. It was like almost seven hundred thousand that I could spread around by eliminating those events, plus the hundred and fifty thousand from the players. So players championship first event, middle of May, five fourteen, hundred thousand for first. The next week is going to be what I'm calling regular tour event number one. And well, it's exactly. The, I mean, where is it? Where are, do you have okay, location? Okay, uh, we're start. We're starting west coast on my tour. Okay. All right, we're starting west coast. Okay, we're going to go west from east, west to east as these events go on. All right. Uh, regular tour event number one, just what you were talking about, Rob. An old school tour event. Okay. Whole week, a lot of qualifying games, cut cashers round, twenty four games of match play, step ladder, top five. And we're going to pay 20K first for that event. Okay. So if you want to compare that to the flow bowling events that have taken place during the summer, that's kind of where I got that from. I just added 10,000 to the to the first place prize. Okay. Uh, the following week, we'll follow it right up again with regular tour event number two. Same thing. 20K. 20K for first. We're still out west at this point. Maybe we're moving more toward the Midwest. Okay. Uh, as, you know, obviously, as we get later in the schedule, we'll, we'll end up on the on the East Coast here. All right. 
Regular tour event number two would wrap up sometime around May 28th. All right, so now we're getting into June, okay? Right to start off June because the NBA finals start right at the beginning of June. So we're going to go right up against the NBA finals, and we're going to try and the NBA finals has big breaks between its games at times. We're going to try and fill those breaks for people, okay? I would like to see the World Series of Bowling in that two-week span from like the May 29th, 2022 to about June 11th, 2022. World Series of Bowling. We're going to have the three pattern championships, Cheetah, Scorpion, Chameleon, 50K each for first on those. We're going to have the World Championship, which is going to be 150K for first, 100K added to the prize pool there. Okay? Uh, those shows would take place on 6-7, and 6-11 and possibly work around some of the NBA Finals games that might be in there, okay? So now we're in the middle of June. We're probably going to, like, the Midwest now, right? We're probably in the Texas, Oklahoma area, all right? That's, that's where I would envision most of these events being. Oh, sorry, also part of the World Series of Bowling, Roth doubles, 50K for that. Roth doubles is going to be included in that too. So in in that two week span, you would have five titles awarded, 50, 50, 50, 50 four $50,000 top prizes and $150,000 top prize. Okay. Uh, the following week after the World Series of Bowling, I actually scheduled this week thinking, you know what? Maybe some guys want to take the week off after the World Series of Bowling. They've been bowling a lot. So we're going to go regular tour event number three, okay? Same thing, you know, traditional format, flow bowling event, uh, 20K for first on that, all right? The following week, 619 to 625, I'd love to see the Masters. I'd love to see the Masters there. Uh, USBC Open traditionally has kind of wrapped up right around that time or, or is getting ready to wrap up around that time. I would like to see the USBC Masters at the national site every year from here on out. No separate site for the Masters. Wherever USBC Nationals is, that's where the Masters is. 100K first for the for the Masters, okay? 100K first for the Masters is already a given through the USBC, so we got that. Follow that week up, 626 to about 7-2, uh, regular tour event number four, 20,000 for first. Now we're in the we're in the middle of the country you know, coming towards the East Coast, all right? That's where I envisioned some of these events taking place. 7-3 to 7-9, we're going with the U.S. Open. And the U.S. Open, this is one of the only specific venues that I listed in my whole schedule. The U.S. Open's coming back to where it belongs. It's coming to Carolier because that's the home of the best U.S. Opens ever, okay? It belongs at Carolier Lanes. Uh, it has a, a deep history at this point with Carol Lanes. We're paying 100K for first for that. All right, 7-3 through 7-9. 7-10 through 7-22. Rob, you ready? Two weeks. You know where we're going? Maine, Portland, Maine. We're Portland, going to Bayside, Maine. baby. Believe, we're going to believe. Portland, Maine for two weeks. You know what for? The expanded version of the PBA League. The expanded version of the PBA League. Rob. I took $200,000, and I'm adding it to the PBA League, okay? I'm expanding the competition. 
We're, we're doing numerous shows for the PBA League that's going to involve team versus team competition, more than just one game or, or one match, okay? Maybe almost like a round robin of TV shows leading up to a finals with the crowd at Bayside, okay? And that's where we're at, 710 through 722. Great time to go to Maine, too. 723 to 729, regular tour event number five, 20K on top for that. Okay, again, so uh, that would be the last regular tour event. Uh, last open event of the season, Rob, 730, July 30th, 2022 to 8 uh, August 5th, 2022, the Tournament of Champions, 100K for first. We're wrapping up the season's majors with the Tournament of Champions. All right, 8-6 to 813 is going to be an off week, okay, at that point. Any guys who didn't make the PBA playoffs can travel home if they want. They're done for the season. That's it. 814 to 826, two weeks, Rob. PBA playoffs. I added 100K to it. It's going to be the highest paying event of the season. It's an expanded event. We're taking top 24 guys. We're bowling longer matches. We're doing more TV shows for that, two weeks worth. Okay. And on August 26, 2022, my PBA season ends right before NFL football starts. Cool. Well, man, I mean, that's definitely a good a good schedule. Uh, you definitely prepared and, and gave some thought into what you were doing. I have two points that are going to be going into. Folks in the chat, too. Let me hear schedule. what you think. So here's my point is one. I'm not a fan of doing all of those tournaments within a certain time period of what you said between May and August, okay? Because we we won't have bowling on TV from literally September to what May or April, right? So I'm like okay we, with that. we have no bowling, right? No bowling on TV from September to May, right? That's a long time for bowling not to be on TV, okay? That's the first point, and we talked about this, right? The second my point is. You want to talk about like international people and and coming over and, and keeping them here. Personally, I don't care. Okay, if they it, it, look, if this is their career and they want to bowl in the states, they will move here. Okay, they will move here like Stu Williams moved here. Okay, like they 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 will they will move okay if they if they don't i don't care it, like because i don't want to see bowling on i i'm not catering my schedule to the international players and what they and if they want to come back and forth okay that's not that's not my concern when i'm making the schedule other then than I that would, though i, I would I retort like more, hold on i would retort to that that then you're not concerned about the strength of the tournaments and the fields that you're going to have I'm I'm more concerned about putting the tournaments into a good location into a good time of of the year, um, and if the and if the players they want to come out and they want to travel and they want to stay here and they they want to make it here and they really want to bowl on the PBA tour they'll move to the states. Okay. Okay. Fair. So, um, you know, and hey, look, I hear Belmo might be listening. Look, that's Belmo's choice to stay in Australia. Okay. He travels all the time, and if Belmo wants to listen to my schedule, yeah, he might be doing a lot more traveling, or he might actually, you know, decide to move to the states. That ain't happening. His family here, I know, but I'm just you saying, see his if, property in Australia. He ain't moving to the I states. Know, he ain't moving. 
But Belmo, Belmo, I, I respect, I respect the draw of the second greatest player in the world right now. I respect your draw, my man. Okay. <laughs> I was. Oh, good lord! That's hilarious. Okay, I, so wait. So I respect your draw. Schedule. I set the schedule up for the international guys to make sure that they come through. David Pecow, I want to know why you're not happy, please. Oh, Robert David, Hamilton. Yeah, he's. No, Peacock's not happy because his Yankees lost last night. Oh, okay. oh sorry, Peacock. My bad. Yeah, Robert yeah, Hamilton yeah. says, what would be the time slot for the bowling of the shows? I guess you're asking me. Robert, not I'm Wednesday thinking, at 8 p.m.? <laughs> no, I was thinking Thursdays. Thursdays at like 8, 9 o'clock would probably be perfect. You know, it's, yep. it's not a Friday, Saturday, Sunday where people are out and about. No. You know, uh, it's it's Thursday. So, uh, so I would let me get that. into my schedule because – All right, let's go. Let's hear it. I can't wait to hear it. We were on the same – wavelength in the matter of canceling some tournaments the only tournament i did cancel was the king of the hill and queen of the the whatever it was that paid a total of eight one hundred eighty thousand. okay bullshit tournament I, we don't need it we removed it we took the hundred eighty thousand. we put it into the you know some more tournaments other tournaments so first world series of bowling we're starting okay las vegas nevada south point okay we're starting in what my schedule looks like is I wanted to go quarters and try to go quarterly and then end with a major during like almost like like how like in my company where we'll like work from January, February, March, and then it's end of Q1. And then, you know, we end with a big bang. Right. And then we go to Q2. That's kind of like how I went. So we starting on January 24th to February 6th. We're doing three events and the Mark Roth doubles 50K each tourney. And 60K from Mark Ruff doubles. Okay. We took 90K from the King of the King of the Hill and we removed and we put that into the World Series. Okay. Now the time slots for the shows will obviously be the same time, same day, every, every, whatever it is, Friday afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, like ABC Wide World of Sports was, or maybe on a Thursday night at, at like you said at a certain time. Okay. That's just a given. Okay. So February 6th, we finished the World Series of bowling. Boom, we had four tournaments there. We go right into the USBC Masters in Reno. Okay. Well, wait a second. Hold on. I have to ask yeah. a question here. Sure. What about the World Championship? World Championships we moved to a later date. Okay. So then you're you're making drastic changes to the World Series of Bowling then. I am. So four so like you're you're That's not going to have that overall qualifying piece that they usually have for the World Championship. No, I moved the World Championships because I want a big tournament like that, and I want it to have its own tournament, its own qualifying. I want to bring it to a new venue, a new city, okay, because mm. we got to spread the wealth to the cities, okay? Mm. Okay, so go got, ahead. We're going Vegas, then we're going to Reno, right? We're going February 8th to February 13th. We're, we're finishing Q1 on 100K. So essentially, we had five tournaments Q1, okay, in January, February, okay? Which would be the three also. animal patterns. The Mark, Roth, the Roth doubles, and then, and then the what's Masters. this tournament? The USBC Masters in Reno. Okay, okay, okay. So they're back to back. So that's how I start. I start right. Then I go on a break. Okay, and instead of the summer swing, I made the spring swing. Okay, so I moved the spring. The, the, I call it the spring swing, and I added ninety other ninety k from the King of the Hill or whatever it was that the unforget that forgettable tournament nobody remembers. Um, to April 4th to April 17th. So they go on a, le- a break from the 13th to the April 4th. So it's about a four to five week break. We're going to Virginia, Ohio, Arkansas, and then the doubles. We added just like you did. And we didn't talk about this. This is funny. You did it. 
20K for first in Virginia, 20K for first in Ohio, 20K Arkansas, Texas doubles 40K. So each person gets 20, okay? Then we're taking, we're going right in, and then we're going to start the qualifying for the Players' Championship, okay? I did like the format that they did previously where they had the regionals and they set that up for the players, right? May 2nd to May 15th, uh, you know, maybe we start May and we start doing the qualifying, but the, the original tournament, we're going to Detroit, Michigan. We're going to Thunder Bowl, okay, for the Players' Championship. But we're doing first place, so the originally was 250000 right, for the players. I removed 50K from that tournament because I don't think it needs to be 250. Okay, I think 200 is well enough for a prize fund. I, I wanted to remove the 50K and I added that to the PBA league. Okay. After that, we're going May 2nd. After that finishes, player championships done, the show's on, whatever, 15th. We're taking a week off and then we're going to Portland, Maine. We're doing the, the PBA league. Okay, so the PBA League, you know, we we added 115k from the, to to the PBA League, and we're doing that from May 23rd to June 5th. Okay, so we're going from Detroit to Portland, Maine, which is a quick a quick trip, right? And we have a week yeah, to do quick, the traveling. We have a quick week 18 hour drive or something. Sure. So we're doing the Players Championship in Detroit. Like, love love my Detroit people. I think it's a great bowling city. We need to we need to have at least a major tournament in Detroit. My opinion, okay. Um, so after Portland, Maine, we're going to PBA League, and then we're also um, going to also stay in actually Portland, Maine after the league, and we're going to do the PBA playoffs in Portland, Maine too. Okay, so yeah, here's that's the thing is that's this is where it could get a little bit. Now the PBA playoffs are going to have to go somewhere where I, I, I'm pretty sure that they end up doing like the top 16 in points, the top 24 in points. I think after the league or after Thunderbolt, you have enough tournaments to run the PBA playoffs based on rankings just from the spring swing, the World Series of Bowling, and the Players' Championship. You could take the, the, you know, the top 24 of the points, and you're, you're, really, you're literally going to probably be in Portland, Maine, about three weeks, honestly, to do all these events between the PBA league and the PBA playoffs. Okay, so we're staying there for about three weeks. June 5th, we're probably finishing up, whatever, around that time. And we're on the same page. We're probably in the middle of the June. We're taking another week off, a lot of bowling. And then we're going to Cowardelia. We're going to New Jersey for Portland, Maine. Okay, we're going to be doing the U.S. Open. Okay, same page, right? We, we and you. We didn't talk about US this Open. either. We did not talk go. about this. Okay, so the U.S. Open is essentially going to be like the probably the the, the, the finish of like the the like the third part of the like the tour right now so like your you, quarter like, three your q3 is done at, at okay. this u.s open okay then there's going to be after the u.s open would be around mid-june june 13th to june 19th it'll be somewhere around there um we're starting in september where the, the really the thick of it comes in right the, the 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 run the final run and we're doing it in september okay september 5th december to september 11th um we are doing uh you know what? I made a mistake. Okay, I made a mistake when I was talking. We're not doing the PBA. Here's the thing is we're not doing the PBA playoffs in Maine. We're just doing the league there. Okay? okay. We're not doing that. The PBA playoffs are going to start this, the, the Q4 season off. Okay? My, my mistake. Hey, I was going to say, mistake. you can't, you can't no. do the PBA playoffs that early. 
No, no, no. We're not doing it. We're doing it. It's the start of Q4. We're doing it in actually Sun Valley Lanes in Sun Valley, Nebraska. Okay. Okay. We're starting. That is a Tony. Um, God, I forgot his last name. It's just off the top of my head. Uh, he runs a lot of. No, he's um he used to run a Dick Ricker. He used to be a Dick Ricker coach. Uh, my brother would know him. I forgot his name, but he runs a center in Nebraska that's very popular with the PBA players. They do tournaments there all the time. We're going to the heartland of America. We're spreading the wealth. We're doing the PBA playoffs there from September fifth to September eleventh. We're doing a hundred K for the PBA playoffs. And then we're gonna take the tour finals and we're actually gonna hold it right after the PBA playoffs in Denver, Colorado, right next to Nebraska. We're removing 25K off of the tour finals to make that 75K. And then we took that extra 25K and put it into the league. Okay. So that's where I got the 115K. John Lacido, correct. Somebody Jimmy. said Tony, Tony Montana. <laughs> yeah. No, so Jimmy, uh, it's not it's it's confusing because there's a lot of events and it's not like visual, you can't see it. But you're going September 5th to 11th to Sun Valley, Nebraska. September 12th to 18th, you're going to Denver, Colorado. Uh, there's um, a lot of good bowling there, um, and you're going to run the, the tour finals there. And then we're doing the World Championships in the end of September from the 19th to the 25th. So September is going to be bowling for, for literally the whole month. We're going to Southern California for the World Championships. We're yeah, but what's the world? Race. What's the World Championships going to be? You say it's it's bowling for a whole month, but yeah, it's the World Championships is going to be like a right a, a like a major like U.S. Open type week format where there's going to be qualifying and then there's going to be round robin match play. It's going to be a okay. event. Okay, okay, that'll be a whole week. And then we're going from SoCal. We're going back to Vegas. My God, we're not done yet. Well, we have two events. We have two more events. I'm going trying to go fast here because it's a big schedule. September 28th to October 2nd. We're going from SoCal back to Red Rock Lanes to the Tournament of Champions. Okay, in Vegas. We're on the same page about that too. Yes. Here is the last event that is completely different than me. This is the final, the finale. Season finale, right? We're going to the Super Slam Open. Okay, October 16th to October 23rd. 200K. We're going to Orlando Boardwalk Bowl. Okay. October is a perfect place. It's a perfect spot for Orlando. All the pros to bring their families to go to Disneyland, paying 200K. But here's the kick for the Super Slam Open is the top 10 players in each region in points will be invited. So it gives uh, some motivation for players to bowl regionals, okay, to be in the top 10 points. And then most likely you're probably going top like 40 or maybe 50 in players in points. And then maybe uh, uh, you run a rabbit squad, maybe not. And then you run a super slam open, 80 lanes in Orlando. You finish up in Disney. And then, you know, you have a parade in Disneyland for like the player of the year or something. I don't know. All right. Okay. Uh, some thoughts. So, yeah. So it's a pretty much it's a yearly long schedule. There's breaks. There's whatever. But you know what? That's how. That's what yeah. We're and, and you're but. going up against NFL football for half your schedule. Not if the shows are on Saturday afternoon. Maybe you go against college football. And but. for quarter one, you're going up against the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Depends when you the shows are telecasted, though. Oh, Rob, Rob, 
What? You're not no one's on choosing Sunday. to watch bowling. I mean, when what people are watching night? football, they're not spending a lot of other time watching sports. Thursday you know, nights. It's like, uh, all right, night. okay. I just, listen, I don't want to go up. There's, there's football on Thursday nights. There's Nobody football on Monday nights. The games. There's Thursday football games on Saturday. Suck. There's football on the Sunday. Thursday games suck. They suck well, Thursday whatever. You, you, you're still going up against football, okay? Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to, my schedule was about avoiding going up against football. Um, Look, we've been uh, going up it, against football. Casey, I, Casey Hastings saying I would watch bowling over football. Yeah, everybody who's watching this podcast would probably watch bowling over football. But we're not talking about us. We're talking about the regular folks. Rob, a couple other comments. You're crisscrossing the country. You got these guys starting out west, coming out east, then going well, west, then going back east again. But there's big breaks. There's there's weeks and months between like the quarter breaks where they can go home and do what they need to do. Um, <laughs> look, all, all, all I'm saying is that the bowling needs to be exposed to more cities. And yeah, like I could have probably started in west and went out east, but I also tried to avoid going to Detroit in the winter. I, I tried to go to, you know, avoid going to certain areas, Portland, Maine in the winters. Like, I, I want to make sure these bowlers are being able to, like, travel and not, like, you know, bowling in Detroit for two weeks in, in December either. Oh, thanks, Scott Fairley. Thinks I never had a TV with split screen or PIP in it, okay? I had PIP back in the 80s, Scott, all right? I, I'm aware of it. Uh, that, you know, but that's not how people watch, truthfully. You know, if they're when Look, football's on, they're focused on football. They're betting on it. That that would be another caveat to my schedule, I think. And I, I know this wasn't part of it. It's not like a factor of the schedule, but I would really want to promote the gambling side of bowling, as I've said numerous times. Like I would try and ramp up to that whole May through August. And you were saying, well, there won't be bowling on TV. Won't be bowling on TV. Well. Maybe we can promote the game without having bowling on TV necessarily and get people interested in it from a betting perspective and then replace the time of the year where they really have no interesting or easy sports to bet on and give them bowling. You know, So that was part of my schedule too. But listen, I, I like I your it. schedule. I, I, I love your schedule. I mean, as somebody who loves bowling, like – I think your schedule is way more of a bowling fan schedule than my schedule is, right? My schedule was more about the competition of who you're up against, the players, the the the, the timeline, etc. Um, love your schedule. I I just don't know how doable it is in today's like, as I said, international pandemic. Like, I don't know, man. You're not you you you're you're not giving these guys like any you, the, with the way your schedule's set up. Major players are going to have to miss events just to get time off for family and stuff with your schedule. With my schedule, it's like, hey, listen, I'm gone for a Mike. few months. I can come home maybe once in the middle of that, and I'm, I'm, I'm back, and then I'm back for months Mike, at a time. Who says bowling has to be catered to these people and, like, you know, go being like, these guys are bowling on tour for a living, okay? That's what they chose to do. It's not easy. It's not easy to leave your families and travel all year and go. But guess what? Like, look, you know, look, I know you're going to hate when I say this, but like, look at like the WWE, right? They travel all year. Every week they go to a different city because there's demand for it. 
right? And you think the owners of the WWE, you think he gives a shit about these people and their family and their traveling schedules? He don't give a shit. You know, look at hockey, man. Hockey, these guys are on the road all year. Their schedules are like eight months. All I'm saying is that like bowling, yeah, like I get it. Like, you know, I don't really care if these are pros. They chose this for a living. And I, as a P guy making a PBA schedule, like I, I want to put the best schedule in my foot forward. And you know what? Pros they'll show up if the money is is there, right? So that's the I don't know. I mean, I, that's part of my point is I don't think you know all these other sports that you're comparing it to. They all make millions of dollars. They ain't making anywhere near that. In, in so this question, I was going to bring this up too. Go ahead. Is it more important to bring the tour to traditional historical sites? Or bring it to a major cities for the sake of exposure. For example, Detroit for Atlanta. Personally, my my answer to that question is I think it's it's both. I think you have to visit historical sites and you have to get more exposure to new cities. Um, uh, to me, Craig, uh, honestly, I just want to go where the fans are passionate. A big city, small town, historical site, not historical site. Bring it to where the fans are. Find where the fans are passionate about professional bowling. Bring it there and continue to bring it there. Hi, Shari. Appreciate you watching. Um, yeah, I agree. Hockey players and wrestlers, yeah, they make a lot more money than bowlers do. And that was like my final point was like, yeah, the money's got to be at these tournaments for these people to show up. It's a shame when like the summer swing, right, pays 10K for first place a tournament. And you ask some of the pros, well, why didn't you go bowl the summer swing? Well, it wasn't worth it for me to go there and bowl. That's sad to hear because they're giving away national turn like titles. So you would think them just offering a national title would be worth it for these guys to go bowl, but it's not because the travel and expenses and for them to leave their families and stuff isn't worth them going to bowl 10k. Now, if you offer three tournaments at 20k a pop and the doubles for 20k, then maybe it might be worth it for them to go, but 10k it's not. So yeah, I agree with you. Their money's got to be there for the people to be able to like make it worth their travel, right? Yeah, for sure. But uh, all right, Rob, nice job. Good job by you, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, I spent a couple nights, man. Believe it or not, I'm the busiest man ever, and I I spent a couple you know nights doing it. So yeah, I actually neglected my kids to get this done. So yeah, awesome. hey, man. This podcast comes first, you know that. <laughs> all right, uh, we're moving on. We got we got one more thing we want to talk or you want to talk about tonight, yeah. right? I'm I'm down to talk about it too. You know. Yeah. So um. I saw Bolero uh, came out actually with uh, – I actually saw this article from Jeff Riggles who, you know, runs a really good column, 11 frame. If you, if you haven't, you know, checked it out, check it out. It's He puts out some really good bowling content and he does some good research, which, you know, unfortunately we don't do our research. So it's good that we, uh, you know, have him and his uh, his articles. But anyway, he put out something about Bolero and they actually had a, uh, a like a – uh, what is it like? Almost like a Bolero Corp release, okay? Press like release. Really, a press financials release. release, financial release. Yeah, so well, they're going go public soon, so they are. So they're trying to like butter up the stock, right? Like to make it seem so that the investors want to want to purchase it. Um, so there was a few points. If you want to go read the article, I actually posted on my Twitter a few weeks ago. I could, you know, post it up if you DM me, uh, Brooklyn Rob Eleven. I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you the link. Uh, globenewswire.com is where um, I'm getting some of this info. So um, I have some kind of points that uh, I want to make here in regards to um, into the article. So Bolero, uh, this is coming straight from global uh, globenewswire.com. Bowling is a highly fragmented industry 
with about 3,500 independent operators in the U.S. alone. Bolero operates 310 bowling centers in North America, nearly eight times more centers than its nearest rival, including facilities carrying the Bolero, Bowmore Lanes, and AMF brands. Roll-up opportunities and disciplined new builds provide attractive growth vectors. Since last June, we've acquired, we've acquired a total of 22 bowling centers and built four new ones. All of these are expected to high rate and return projects or rate or rate ROI projects in line with past experiences. Um, so they actually talk about their revenue across all lines of business from bowling and shoes and amusement to food beverage surpassed expectations in the fourth quarter exceeds the levels of the same quarter in 2019, said Brett Parker, president and chief financial officer. So I have two comments, and I want to hear your comments, Mike, before I bring up my next point of the article. Is one, where is the uh, where is the stat of how many bowling centers they actually closed after they acquired them? I know they're out there. I've had people reach out to me, and I believe uh, Brian is in the chat um, listening about how many centers Bolero has acquired and then closed down. Okay, so they didn't talk about how many they closed, right? Which is interesting to me. Second is the fact where they run eight times as many as the nearest rival, okay? Is this – this is a monster in an industry that is a, a notoriously a mom-pop shop industry that owns bowling centers, right? And they talk about independent owners, okay? We all know the bowling centers are usually independently owned. Oh, in five years, Mike, or even in three years, are we going to be talking about Bolero owning half of the bowling centers across the country? Because are they just going to keep buying and buying and buying? Is this going to be a complete monopoly? Are we looking at a start of a monopoly or already, a, 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 you know, something that has already started? Yes. That's So that's your answer? No thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, listen. I, I've said from the beginning that Bolero is a money-making company. Okay, I caught I actually caught a lot of flack for that from people. You know, when I came out and said that when the PBA merger went down and when the increased prize funds were announced and all that. To me, what this press release sounds like, from what I read, is that they're doing really well. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like they're acquiring more bowling centers. Sounds like they're growing. Sounds like they're gaining a big a bigger share of controlling the uh, market for bowling. Um, you know, Rob, you and I tend to live in like bigger cities and bigger areas where there's probably a lot of options for us. Like I know I have numerous bowling centers around me. Uh, imagine living somewhere where that's really not the case and Bolero's the only game in town. Cause I'm sure there's some situations that exist like that out there. Right. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Again, I'm going to take heat. You know, people are going to say, oh, he doesn't know and oh, he doesn't do his research. But like, I'm a customer. I'm a weekly customer at Bolero. Okay. I'm not impressed by the experience there. You know, now, granted, I'm the competitive bowler, but even on the other side, like, I don't think their food is that great. I think it's overpriced as hell. Uh, and I never think anything is overpriced. I never question the price of anything. And yeah, I think I think their food is completely overpriced. It's actually the one place I will not go without my discount card. It's the only place. There's a Bolero Bowling Center. Like, I go to other stores every day and they ask me, oh, you want to join the 
frequent buyers club. I'm like, nah, it's not, no, not worth it to me to save the little percentage of my save. I, I will not order something at Bolero unless I have my discount card on me. That's how, that's how crazy it is. So like, I, I don't know. My experience there hasn't been great. So if that's the way it's going, I think, man, we're, we're in for it. You know, we are in for it. And, and, I'm going to throw an idea out there that I, I, I don't know if I've ever put out on the podcast before, but and I won't get real in-depth to it now because, honestly, I'm exhausted and I want to go to bed. But uh, country club bowling centers, Rob. Okay. Oh, you mean like high-end like like high-end gym-type resort, like places like that for bowling? Well, they're not, they're not going to be high-end because, you know, let, let's be honest. We're not going to go be going out and building – brand new, highly technologically advanced, new everything bowling centers because for of a country club experience. Here's what I am saying. If I'm a mom and pop bowling center, okay, and, and I think that the business is going in the direction that we're talking about right now, okay, one way for me to pivot is to outright cater to the regular league bowler. I'm not talking so much about the competitive bowler. I'm talking about the regular league bowler who shows up every week, bowls their league with their friends, has their beers and their food. And, you know, you cater to them. But here's the thing. I think it needs to turn into more of a country club experience where you're paying a fee to be a part of this bowling center and paying a fee to the center guarantees you certain things. Guarantee. I don't. I don't know what that list would be like. For me, I would want to be guaranteed a pair with a sport pattern to practice, access to a machine with somebody who can properly run it. You know, but really running the bowling center in a way that's about the bowlers. And like, you can still have your birthday parties and all that stuff on the weekends and and do what you want to do in your open time slots. But you gotta real like like for instance, the, a country club golf course. They can, have a chari- that. they can have right. a charity event come in, but here's the thing. That charity event isn't going to shit up the entire golf course and destroy it and disrespect it and make it so that the next people who come in that really are there to play serious golf have a bad experience. And that's, to me, what happens at Bolero a lot is, like, there's too much of that mix. So, like, if I'm a mom-and-pop operation, I think about moving towards that country club for the, for the serious bowler. Yeah, I don't know because bowling has always been a blue collar sport. Um, it's always been a, you know, working man. Uh, just I don't know. Like just Detroit is a good example of why of how popular bowling was back when you know the car industry was doing well. Is bowling was very popular, and a lot of the bowling, a lot of after GM was out or, or Ford was out of like the, you know the shifts, people would go bowl. They'd have some beers. Now you're talking about cake like catering your bowling center to maybe a target that's not like bowling is not a white collar type sport like golf is it's a it's a middle collar sport so now you're trying to create something maybe out of something that's not there i don't know i think bolero is trying to do that with their like bowl more type now i'm not saying like like a monthly membership like a gym um but they're they're trying to make a like a high-end type bowling center um, no. they're, they're not yeah. providing that experience though. And you know, Rob, I, I gotta be honest. I question that stereotype about bowling being the middle, the, you know, the, the, not the white collar sport, Rob, no, you're wrong, Rob, because the league, the league I bowl in the league I bowl in, it's easy to spend a hundred bucks in a week. 
It's it's thirty five dollars you put in the envelope. You know, there's a sponsorship fee. There's a card game. There's an eliminator. There's a high gain pot, and most leagues are like this. I, I, I most guys I know they're going to bowl league. They're dropping a hundred bucks easy. That's four hundred dollars a month. That that's a that that's a serious car payment in a lot of instances. So yeah, I don't know, like a, man. Like it's like going into your bar with your friends. Like it's it's that's how a lot of people that I know bowl league are are just really especially like you know I'm not gonna say guys but bowlers in general. They just want to get away from the like norm of the week of going to work, coming home, and maybe like, you know, getting bothered by the kids and, and the wife or the kids and the husband. And they just want to go out with their friends and they want to bowl and they want to bowl league. And they want to have some beers. They're not really seriously thinking about competing or going to tournaments. They just want to go once a week, get out of like the house, you know, and spend time getting drunk maybe once a week with your friends. Um, but I do believe Fair that enough. I think. Yeah. Kevin Kevin Tate saying blue collar money. I mean, Kevin, God bless you. If four hundred dollars a month on you know recreation is blue collar money, I mean, and here's the funny. You know, it's you know not I, to me. What 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 do you think golfers you, are spending per month? A lot, you know? a lot. But golf, how much? Oh, man, I, I I couldn't even tell you because I know it's a, just a good good course. You're spending at least an eighty five dollar green fee, and that's without even any beers or. Uh, you know, anything that the, the golf, you know, the cart lady comes around. But um, look, the reason why I know blue bowling is a pretty was was a big blue collar sport is because the bowling alleys started closing in Michigan. Once the car industry hit the shit back in like, you know, when Ford and GM started really struggling in that area. And Mike, I lived in that area for a while and I saw what the effects of the car industry and, and when GM and Ford started laying everybody off and these 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 cities they started getting turned to shit, but everybody stopped bowling because they didn't have the money to spend because they got laid off. So bowling alleys were closing. I mean, there was a street in Michigan that they had like two bowling centers that were both like sixty lane centers right across the street from each other. They were literally right across the street from each other. I don't think you've ever seen that in your whole life. Probably when I moved to Michigan and I was there, I'm like, wait a sec. You have two bowling centers across the street, and then guess what happened? They they closed down because of the car industry. Anyway, so look, I know both. Here, here's my next point about um, you know, I, I don't want to run too long here on this, but the one other point that I thought was really interesting was Bolero Sports Media Property, the PBA Tour on Fox, continues to grow as well. Last season's viewership showed an increase in frequency and average minutes watched of twenty percent. And twenty five percent, respectively. Mike, now, do you first off, do you believe that stat? Do you think, or is that like a, a COVID type stat because people were home and you know nobody was out? You think the reason why bowling grew was because of COVID and the restrictions and the quarantine? Personally, I don't think the Fox did anything different than you know. ESPN, right? Or they haven't did really done that. And Bolero hasn't made the shows any more interesting when they had it compared to you know when Bolero didn't have it. So is that just a COVID stat? Not sure. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't. I don't have the research or the background to even like take a guess as to what that might be. But it, you know, it's so good to hear to people. I know it's, it's good great to hear, to hear more money, more ratings, right? More viewership. But I'm throwing that out to the fans, especially like the knowledgeable and the educated fans that might know that we don't know. Maybe take a, a speculation because that's what we do right here, Mike. I want people to speculate. The Fox viewership was up 20 to 25 percent. 
Why? Why is that? Were the shows more entertaining? I'd say betting. You think the, it was 25% up because people were allowed to bet every once in a while? That's what I'm going to say. It's what I'm going to speculate. My speculation is COVID and people were home and they were looking for stuff Nothing to, to, do. to watch. Sports wasn't on, right, for, for, for a while there. You know, the bowling was on a few times when people were really hungry for sports. But I'd be curious to see what people had to say about that. Um, but it's true, Chris. Mike talked about this while we were going on about COVID, about how the they, PBA did blow a huge opportunity um, to put on bowling during COVID and quarantine. But um, they were still up ratings 20 to 25%. So I'll be, you know, maybe. Yeah, but I think I, it could have been more. Chris, Chris, I, Chris, I agree. I agree 100%, Chris. I really maybe, do. Maybe, you know? maybe with the intros, people were so hooked on the intros, I guess. I don't know. But do I believe that stat? Do is that maybe some kind of like, you know, not don't believe everything you read kind of stat? I kind of think that is. I don't believe it personally. You know, they're trying to sell a stock offering that's going to be going public in, in, in this month. So I don't know. Like I don't know if they're allowed to put out false information like that, or if that's some kind of like smoke they're blowing up people's ass. I don't know. I'll be curious to hear what people say. All right, well, Mike. It's time. I think it's that time. Let's do it. My favorite time of the It's an easy one. It's the easiest one ever. Okay. I mean, this is the easiest worst of the week ever. All right. All right. So you go first. Go ahead. You's all solid. Let's do it. You's all solid. Okay. We joked about it on Twitter. I mean, it was like a big joke on Twitter. The GOAT, yo. What did you think? Did you think that a Facebook outage for 12 hours was going to stop the goat? Did you think that the goat uh, was going to was gonna just wander away from his computer and never come back when he's got that admin admin position to hold down in this game? Are you, are you serious? No, no. This is the goat we're talking about, okay? So when, <laughs> this is the so Michael when Facebook... Jordan. This is the Michael Jordan of admins, all right? Tom so when, Brady. So when Facebook <laughs> came Tom. back, when Facebook came back, I swear to God, it was like Tim Buck was already sitting his, at his computer, re- constantly refreshing Facebook USBC discussion page because you knew he was going to be the first person to get on there and make some sort of post. And what does he say? What does he say? He says every, – Facebook's back, but it's been Facebook's been down. It's back, but it's glitchy. Everyone relax. <laughs> the captain. Admin. Admin. The he cap- started it. Admin. Okay. Captain. God. Tim Dude. Buck, God bless you, bro. The, the man. I want you on this show so bad. I know. More he than any other down. person in the bowling community. I want Tim Buck on this show. Tim, please come on the show. We're Tim. We're good guys. We were just having fun. All right. Come on the show. Okay. Tim Buck, admin, worst of the week, the goat. The goat the right. Goat. So mine is, uh, of course, the gift that keeps on giving the USBC Bowls discussion forum. He is untouchable. The man, the man to lift the myth, the legend by Randy Brassart. Might be able to help you with that, Tim, if you want to reach out. Randy, congratulations, Randy. Randy Brassard, you have won USBC. Uh, you have won the worst of the week from the USBC message board. 
Um, so he puts a picture of the new raw hammer, okay, on the board. And this is what he writes. Is any bowling with the hammer raw solid? Is well, yeah, that's what he is. Any I, bowling, saw, I saw this one. Yeah. Is any bowling with the hammer raw solid? If so, how do you like it? I pick mine up tomorrow before my league. Here's where it gets interesting. I'm hoping it improves my game. I've been bowling with the deviate thug life. Okay. And I, I, I made this my worst of the week because this is just a, a perfect example of what is wrong with the bowlers mindsets in today's game. Okay. Instead of Preach. him trying to, instead of him trying to improve his game by going and getting lessons or going maybe and learning on YouTube on like, I don't know, whatever it is, or researching on what to do, researching on mental game, right? Preparation, physical game preparation, whatever it is. He thinks by going and spending $150 at a pro shop to buy a new bowling ball is going to improve his game. This is where we are at in the bowling world. And it's sad to me because guess what? Your bowling ball isn't going to improve your game, buddy. It's not. Okay. It might help you on certain shots, but guess what? You still have to make those shots. You still have to know how to adjust. You still have to know how to be balanced. Your swing has to be good. Your, your, your footwork needs to be good. Your timing needs to be good. Bowling balls are just a tool for you to use, but you have to know how to use it. And people don't realize that. They think just going into a pro shop and buying a bowling ball, which I support buying bowling balls, okay, from pro shops. But I support you actually going and learning how to throw that bowling ball first before you decide to keep spending money. You're better off taking that $150 and $175 and going and getting lessons. And if you can't get lessons in your area, go to Mark Baker. Go, go get virtual lessons, okay, because that's not an excuse anymore these days. You're better off spending the money to get your game better than buying a bowling ball and hoping it improves your game. That's my that's my um, worst of the week, Mike. Agree. All right, Rob, final thoughts. Uh, I got Knob Hill this Friday. I'm supposed to have a match. Uh, we'll see. If anybody wants to come out and join me that's local, uh, Knob Hill Country Lanes, uh, Sport Patterns, it's $7 a game. I'm warning you beforehand, uh, but you're more than welcome to come out. Uh, I'll be there hanging and bowling and practicing, uh, getting some practice in. Uh, my other final thought is uh, Darren Tang, league bowler. Darren Tang, league bowler, bowling the league. A lot of these PBA guys, they love to bowl the league. I hate the house league. They love the house league. I don't know. I don't see what the attraction is. Nah, they're yeah, celebrities. I guess. They go in I and guess. people I mean, kiss their ass. He he put out a video. He put out a video online today of like he left a seven pin. He was, I I hope I hope he was like faking and doing it more for the video, but he was actually like aggravated that he left a seven pin on the house. I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't dude, understand. But, I dude. want I want Darren Tang to explain to me. The appeal. Dude, um, Buttriff bowls everything. King of the Hills. I think he subs leagues. I love Buttriff, but I don't I, – I can't imagine 
he must really love to bowl. Um, so my final thoughts is, you know, I know we, I want to wrap it up here. We've been on it for a while, but I had an interesting conversation with one of my best friends who has a seven-year-old son. And, um, you know, he's, his seven-year-old son is into a whole bunch of sports, baseball, gymnastics, uh, you know, all, all, all kinds of stuff. But I asked him, I was like, well, why, what's going on? Like, why haven't you bowled a league or, or why hasn't your kid wanted to bowl a league? And, and you know, because when I was seven, man, that was a big part of my childhood is bowling Saturday morning leagues. And that's how I got into it. And he's not a bowler. Okay. He, he has no, he has no connection with bowling. He never bowls. He says, well, my kid, like when we drive around like our like city and our town, we see, um, you know, roller skating rinks and we see driving um ranges and there's lights and there's clowns and my, my kid wants to go to those places that he sees when he's driving around town he says the bowling center that's in his local area in michigan is not anywhere on the main road it's off a side road and they never get to drive by it and when they do drive by it it doesn't look appealing there's no appeal to a seven-year-old to want to go into a bowling center Right. I found that to be a very interesting point because I know, Mike, you have kids and you have two girls. And I would imagine if the bowling center was on a good location where there was lights and there was, you know, it was attractive to a, you know, a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old, uh, they would probably ask you, say, oh, what is that, daddy? I want to go there. I want to see what that's all about. Okay. Um, I feel like the bowling owners or the people who own bowling centers, they need to really like do something in that fact where they need to make the bowling centers more invitable to kids to get more kids involved in the sport. And if that's like putting the local bowling center and putting lights and clowns, whatever it is, Casey Hastings, the local bowling center here looks like a good place to get, you know, right from the outside. It's true. These bowling centers, they're not appealing to kids when you drive by, but if you were to drive by a arcade, Right. Or maybe somewhere that is appeal. The kids might want to go. So that's my final thought is maybe like the bowling would get a lot more interest from kids and kids would stick to it and be more interested if actually these bowling centers started to be more appealing to the public from the outside. Fair enough. Uh, Rob, great show. Had fun doing the PBA schedule with you. I hope all the uh, listeners and fans <laughs> enjoyed speak. it. People, people are giving us a hard time. People are giving us a hard time saying there's only 22 people here. We feel you, folks. We're not, we're not a large group, but uh, we're a very dedicated group. So uh, we appreciate everybody showing up, hanging out with us, commenting in the chat. Uh, Rob, I had a fun time doing the schedule with you. Uh, like I said, Knob Hill Friday night. Anybody that wants to come join me, I'll be there. Hopefully, I'll get my match. Maybe produce a little content for the podcast. Rob, should I take some video and let the people see how I throw it? Do do a little do a little content for the show. CP3 event is also Sunday, I believe it's Sunday. Um, CP3 you might see event, me in the crowd. True. You might see me in the crowd. You might sweep the rack is in the building. I was sweep, there for the taping. sweep. The rack is in the building. I was okay. there. I was in the crowd for a couple matches. Um, I'm not sure I was on TV a lot, but you might see me on my phone or sitting with Bill's kid. I kind of watched Bill's kid while he was bowling. Uh, so that was you know fun to spend time with uh, Bill's kid. He's super smart and he loves uh sports and wrestling so me and him got along you know famously so i appreciate everybody enjoy sweep the rack email us. sweep the racket gmail sweep the racket gmail hit us up he is at brooklyn rob 11 
I Chavez. am. <laughs> yeah, what up, buddy, man? <laughs> Hope, I'll see you next weekend, kid. <laughs> I am uh, at the two one fifth. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and uh, let us know what's good. Brooklyn Rob right. eleven. Yeah, see you guys, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next week. All right, later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.